How about that cigar? What? Oh, how about that cigar? He's awake now. Guys, welcome to episode 123 of How About That Cigar Live. Welcome to the show. We are live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. And for those of you listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening while you drive down the road, while you work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of that listening enjoyment. Episode 123, we are excited as always to be with you in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And let's remind you again about the beautiful new 25-count box for the Unico Series Papas Fritas from Drew Estate. Since the launch of Papas Fritas in 2012, the Vitola quickly became one of the most beloved and popular offerings in the Liga Pravada Unico Serie line. The small, handy size handy. made this cigar an excellent choice for cigar lovers who only have a short time to enjoy a rich and savory Liga Pravada. While the packaging will be changing to consumer-friendly 25-count boxes, the uniquely constructed cigars in each box will remain the same Papas Fritas the marketplace has come to love. For more info, please visit Drew Estate dot com so garrett our normal kind of spiel at the beginning of the show nah. i mean the notes the notes i put on the show notes are yeah twins are blah yep preseason football is blah, blah. that's pretty much all we have tonight guys we uh we want our viewers to be sure to participate in the conversation tonight we have a great guest returning to the show uh, you guys, as always, talk to us in the comments. Let us know what you're smoking. Let us know what you're drinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, as as we talk to our guest, if you have questions, please share those with us. Let's uh, let's all let's all converse together and have a good time. The weather is beautiful. the the uh, The studio door is open because there's actually a little bit of uh, there's a breeze. There's and... a there's a breeze ish. Yeah, breeze ish. Yeah. I mean, it was 90 degrees today, so it's not terrible. But uh, but it was it was gorgeous yesterday yeah and you know speaking of yeah so justin lawler yesterday i played frisbee golf for the first time in two years oh, okay and it how about the frisbee golf? okay so yep now, how, how'd you do i actually I, I i so we played 18 and i was plus 15 okay you know i don't think that's terrible for not playing for two years i will say my my right pectoral muscles <laughs> are very sore. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I was, uh, uh, so my wife and I and my brothers and their wives, we went to Bayfield, Wisconsin, which is right across, uh, from, uh, the apostle islands, which is a, a group of islands in Lake superior. And we, uh, we kayaked for a while, uh, on uh saturday and sun was yeah saturday we kayaked for a while in lake superior in some caves uh and it was absolutely beautiful but if you haven't ever kayaked before it's 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 oh, an, sure. it's an upper body workout it is and there's i mean lake superior is no you know it's not your basic little pond there's there's definitely it's movement movement in the water there and it was pretty windy early in the morning although by the time we got in the kayaks it would it had calmed down but man that's and it's tandem kayaks so amy and i oh. are in the same kayak. so she's in front and i'm behind doing the steering and all that and i'm telling you i'm i'm wiped out just from 
that's that's the most workout I've had, I think, since the trade show, because the trade show is the leg workout from walking around the show floor the whole time. And the kayaking was the arm workout. So I'm good for like the next year for the next year. I don't need to. I'm 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 good. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the catch up, you know. Yeah. Sports is we'd really there's nothing sports related to talk about right now. No, there will be again soon but uh we really want to get to our special guest the evening because this is his uh this is his second appearance i believe on the show although we've talked to him on our show on the main monday night show we've definitely talked to him multiple times at trade shows and things like that uh absolutely one of our favorite people in the industry so let's get to our special guest of the evening and as always guys you know on how about that cigar live special guests are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome, put your hands together to episode 123 of How About That Cigar Live. Luciano Moreas, how are you, sir? I'm good, guys. I'm good. Uh, you guys do such an amazing job. I, I love the introduction, you know. I'm flattered by the words. You guys are, are, are amazing. So I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here tonight. I'm here in Esteli, Nicaragua. Uh, so couldn't be happier to see your faces again. Yeah, My we're grateful. Difference. We're grateful to talk to you again. We had, we were, you know so grateful to be able to uh spend time with you in las vegas both at tpe and at the pca trade show and uh we really felt like we we had a great chance to to just get to know you as a person you know beyond the cigar business as as much as we love our cigars to have a chance to just talk about family and life and things like that although we do that a little bit on the show uh, it was a it was a great treat for us to be able to and and we have to give a shout out to uh, Will Cooper and the guys from the Cigar Coop team because we we also got to spend a, a wonderful evening together at the Media Compound as as they call it uh, yeah. after uh, after the show one night and and sit with you and and talk tobacco and music and life and family it was it was really a great treat for us yeah and then I was actually privileged to be able to listen to you singing a Brazilian song. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys, he does sing. I do sing. I do sing. And so does Luciano. And so does Luciano. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a, that was a lot of fun that night. And um, so we're, we're so grateful to have you back on the show. And uh, like you said, you're coming to us live from, uh, from Esteli, Nicaragua right now. And I see you uh, putting the torch to a fine cigar. What are you lighting up right now? Uh, I haven't named it yet. Oh, okay, nice. I love it. Yeah, this was blended today. 
<laughs> uh, so it's still, uh, still a little, still a little wet. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm, I, I like to kind of try the cigar in different stages, and so what? What a better occasion than at your show? Absolutely. Well, uh, we're excited to see uh, what that becomes someday. So. Our friend, our friend Andrew Tolzman is in the studio with us tonight too, and and uh, I have to give a shout out to Andrew. He was very kind to bring in an extremely special bottle that he picked up on a on a recent trip. So uh, Andrew and I are enjoying some Blantons uh, this evening. So uh, shout out and thank you so much to our brother Andrew for oh, I love that stuff, man. sharing this bottle. And I have some of my uh, the first batch of beer that I ever brewed myself here in the glass as well so uh it's uh uh an amber ale sort of similar to a newcastle uh brown ale if you're familiar with that style of beer so uh we're excited to talk uh cigars tobacco music life family whatever comes up this evening yeah while matt gets hammered i'll be drinking yeah. coffee and <laughs> i'll keep it under control i promise <laughs> So, uh, Luciano, just to give our viewers a recap, and we know that everybody watching the show right now, of course, has watched all of How About That Cigar's trade show coverage. But in case you missed it, we forgive you. You can go back and watch those videos on our YouTube channel. Um, for, for Ace Prime and Crown Heads, there was an absolute massive buzz surrounding, surrounding you guys at the trade show this year. It was uh, more buzz... I think around your family of brands than anybody I can recall at the trade show. And, um, you know, and Garrett and I right now are smoking the Fiat Lux, which was one of the, one of the new releases at, at the trade show this year. And uh, it's, this was Garrett and I have both talked about this on the show that this was one of, if not our favorite cigar that we, that we actually sampled at, at the, the trade show. show. Um, and besides this, there was also the Sergeant and a few other things. So, um, you know, what was the overall feeling that you guys had after the trade show was over and you had a chance to breathe and relax for a few minutes. And then as you got back together as a team and talked about how things went, you know, what were some of the, what, what was some of the feedback that you guys were giving each other internally about, uh, you know, kind of the the buzz and and the excitement that was going on around your products at the show. I think the word is gratitude, because yeah. uh, I was actually thinking the other day how important it is for us to uh, value uh, our relationships, and when we find good people, uh, you know, just build alliances with you know, the, like the, the the friendships and the and the, the, the real kind of trust and bond uh, are, are so uh, unfortunately rare today because there is this, this belief in humanity. People don't trust each other anymore. So when we find, um, like in my case, you know, when we found uh, the guys at Crown Heads, uh, John, Mike, Miguel, all the sales team, you know, Wes and, and Ed and Brian, I have to say everybody's names. Uh, and, and Miguel Chaleta and uh, David Payne. So all these guys, man, uh, they're good people. Like, we're blessed. We, we don't have one asshole, you know. <laughs> and, uh, 
in our team, like everybody is, is, is everybody that's part of this team are just good people, you know. Uh, so I feel like the the trade show for us reflected that synergy, you know, of, uh, of two companies uh, uh, that found common ground and found uh, you know same ideals, coming together, putting their products out, and with passion, uh, with uh, truth. You know, like uh, being there, uh, doing nothing artificial. Everything was, was from our hearts and and, uh, and our souls, and, and really translated what we, we think you know a good cigar should be. And, and, and I think it's just rewarding. So I think the word is gratitude. You know, I, I we, those guys were busy all the time. Uh, we wrote great business, uh, and more than that, we built up a lot of uh, good relationships. Uh, I won't forget the night we had together at the Beer Compound, you know, with uh, with Coop and, and Ben and, and you guys. Um, it was amazing, you know. Just for me, it was kind of uh, a way to recharge my batteries because I I do get tired, you know. Uh, you guys know a little bit of my my uh, health issues and stuff. So I, for me, it was 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 just everything was good, you know. It's funny because usually uh, on the trade shows, my wife gets really tired. Uh, but then she came, to, you know, every day and she said, oh, today was a great day, you know. I saw you uh, working. I saw the guys working. You guys from a great team, you know. Uh, there's something good about it. some good vibes coming out of uh, out of this trade show. Like, you know, I believe, uh, I believe that um, that is good. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I just want to mention, um, going back to that, that night at the the media compound was, you know, the amount of information. I know it didn't all stay there. Um, and I wish most of it would have, but I smoked a cigar differently than I'd ever smoked one before you gave us a cigar. And then you said, now here, try this, um, and have it contrast and then go back to the other one. And, Smoking a cigar in that way was nothing that I've ever done before. I've put cigars down and then smoked something else because I didn't like it, but I've never really tried to contrast, compare, go from one cigar to another and see what that did to my palate. That was mind blowing. And I've done it a handful of times now since just to see what that does. And even before the show, we showed you what we were going to be smoking and immediately your brain went to, I wonder what that does after this cigar. Like, I just love the way your brain works. I love <laughs> learning uh, some of some of this. Is that just kind of part of how you enjoy cigars normally? Or, you know, wh where did that come from? Uh, my, my daughter finds that extremely boring. <laughs> they, they complain all the time, you know. I had to just talk about cigars, and just talk about flavors, just talk about music, just like. Um, I I don't know, man. I think it's been part of me, and uh, uh, again, it, it comes with uh, it comes with a lot of uh, it comes with a lot of pain, you know. Uh, it's a way for me to. Uh, uh, to cope with uh, with some struggles, you know, that I have in terms of my health, like you know, the, the whole like 
synesthesia thing and the headaches and stuff. So it helps me somehow. Uh, it's a it became almost like a, a, a oasis for me. And then uh, being able to do this, being able to uh, talk about it, being able just like being here at the show with you guys, you know, it's 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 relaxing. It's not like a you know, oh man, I have to do the show. I have to say this, or I have to kind of. There's a man. I got to try to sell something. You know, sell a cigar or talk about my cigar. Uh, I just, I just don't feel that way. I think it's, uh, it's part of who I am. You know, so it's kind of easy. <laughs> I mean, you're anybody who has a minute to sit down and talk with you will tell you that um, the passion that you have, not only for for tobacco, for premium cigars, and for the industry, is just. I mean. It, it is so present with you and I have absolutely enjoyed that. Um, I've enjoyed our friendship and our continued friendship and it, you know, it, it means the world. So you are, um, no, yeah. Uh, you are a gem in this industry. True. Yeah, absolutely. And it's Garrett's totally right that it really is an eye opening exercise yeah to sort of taste cigars that way and and it really does because sometimes i think when we just sit down and smoke a cigar even when we review a cigar and we sit down and we we try to be as as focused as we can on everything that we smell everything that we taste the look the feel the texture all of those things but it really does change things up when we did what we did that night where you sit down with a cigar and you smoke through an inch or so of that cigar and then you set it down and then you light up something really very different from a blend perspective and then you smoke that for a little while and then you go back mm -hmm. to the first cigar it really does at least for me and i think the other people yep. had the same experience that it really sort of zeroed in my senses mm -hmm. a little bit more than just smoking through that single cigar from beginning to end. It's almost like food. Like um, when I get a, when I get a plate of, you know, many different things, I go from, you know, one item to another, you know, um, unlike, you know, uh, a lot of people I know will eat this thing finish this thing and then go to this thing and then they go to this thing. I, I'm a mixer, you know, and I never thought about doing that with cigars. Yeah. The, especially the, we, we use the Fiat Lux, right? And the Fiat Lux uh, makes that kind of, uh, you know, almost like excessive salivation, which I appreciate a lot. I think uh, the fact that you can basically, uh, make your palate a little more sensitive to different flavors. Uh, it's what make that cigar unique, you know. Uh, we talk about smoking two cigars at the same time, but also when, when you smoke something like that, uh, it makes you uh, just taste food better, or taste drinks better, uh, or, or, or uh, create a new experience that you didn't have before. I mean, you know, we, we uh, sometimes we drink things to reset our palate, right? So we drink sparkling water, uh, or iced water, or iced tea, or uh, if you're doing like a wine tasting, you know, 
uh, using bread and olive oil and uh, sometimes cheese uh, helps for you to reset the palate. Uh, for me, it was a discovery too. I never thought that you know you could actually uh, use a cigar to reset your palate, and I think that's that's something because the whole goal was how can we open taste buds and make sure that people understand the cigar and understand all the flavors there are in every single tobacco leaf that's part of that specific one. Um, and I think that's what uh, was achieved at Lux. And of course, you know, we, we have some discoveries in this journey, which was like natural at the factory, like I'm smoking a cigar and someone walks into, which happens like, you know, all the time. You know, uh, when we arrived uh, here a couple of days ago, uh, so usually a bunch of guys come over and have coffee. They all, you know, all the cigar manufacturers, they bring their cigars, they want you to smoke. Um, and I got, you know, we smoke sometimes like three, four, five, six, seven, ten, fifteen different cigars a day. Cannot go through, you know, smoke them all, but I can taste them, I can understand them. And one, one of those days I was smoking a Fiat Lux and then someone brought me a cigar that I've smoked before and tastes different. Mm. Did you change anything here? No, I did. Um, and then I started going to other cigars and said, dude, this is really works. Like, you, you can really uh, taste better. You know, you, you, you discover new, new flavors uh, by Saturday. So, it's fun. Uh, real quick, speaking of the Fiat Lux, um, I know a couple of retailers that are really excited about receiving their Fiat Lux as well as consumers. When can people expect to see those on shelves? Hey. So Fialux was shipped from Nicaragua last week. So okay. I, assume, I assume this will hit uh, the warehouse anytime this week. And then uh, I don't know how is the shipping schedule uh, from uh, the Crownheads headquarters, but I, I would assume probably the same uh, same week, you know, or maybe the, the following week. So we will... We'll, we'll, we made a promise that uh, to all our our customers that we will be shipping in August, and we are uh, keeping that promise. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So now the sergeant, the sergeant Le Patissier, uh will be shipped in October, but CHC okay. and, and Fiat Lux will be shipped uh, most likely next year. Um, so one of the things that I really wanted to learn a bit little bit about was because everybody's got their own process when it comes to blending cigars creating new brands things like that like you said you're right now you're smoking a uh, a test blend for a possible future project and we love finding out about everybody's sort of just like a chef has a process in the kitchen of, or or at the market of selecting ingredients and things like that and putting together different flavor profiles so for you when you are in the factory and you're working with Pachardo and other people and you're putting together, you decide that you're going to work on a new project. Do you, do you start with a particular wrapper leaf? Do you start with an idea of a, of a type of blend to that would fit well into your, your profile of brands where you don't necessarily have a cigar that works in there or does it, does it always start in the same place from a starting a creating a new brand or does it, does it change depending on what type of a cigar you're going to create? Well, first you have an insight, then you follow your intuition until you reach Acumen. 
those are those are the size of your likes. I'm I'm, I'm joking. Like I think, uh, so I I actually someone asked me that question not too long ago. I think there's two ways. There's two ways. I've blended under pressure, where uh, you know, let's say uh, a client like I don't know. It's just an example. Like Crownhead says, well. We, we want to launch this project within the next four months. We need a blend within the next two weeks so we can uh, test drive the blend. And so that's pressure, right? So we have to deliver a brand, a being a blend for a certain brand that's already created. So they have like different editions of the same brand. So, uh, and I've, I've, I've worked under pressure. It's not the best way, it's not what I like, but I've worked under pressure. The second one is when, uh, you know you have a scheduled project for that year and you have to build up something for that specific project you know um, so we knew we had to launch uh one brand that we already have in mind called fiat lux that will be launching a trade show this is 2020 so let's start working on it then you go through different uh steps until you get to the the result you want and then there's the one the way that i like the most which is like you know I put this is my thing. I like to uh, blend every time I'm here. So I, I basically I'm blending somehow even in my brain or uh, at, at, you know, physically at the factory uh, with a buncher or even myself bunching and, and then, uh, you know, trying different tobaccos on a daily basis. So I'll, I'll spend sometimes, sometimes all day, sometimes just an hour, sometimes 15 minutes. Uh, but I'm always trying to create something and then, you know, suddenly you you really can have like a, a a discovery you know and then that becomes and that journey actually leads you to create a name uh, a brand a project so mm -hmm. that the, the brand name was inspired into the process of creating this about this is like the way i really uh, i really like but in terms of like how to blend if i start from a rapper for i i don't know i think uh sometimes uh, you think of what tobaccos you have, you know, what tobaccos you grow and what you have and what kind of fermentation uh, process you are. Like, let's say I have a aged uh, 12 months, whatever, Jalapa, Pueblo, Pondaga, and you know that there is like sort of a characteristic of that tobacco and you have abundance of that tobacco. So let's start from there. You know, what can it be around that tobacco? And then comes all the sauces and, and, and you know different things. Uh, sometimes comes of, and uh, I know maybe this is not political right to say, but I, you guys know me, I say things. I <laughs> sometimes you know I'm smoking uh, someone else's cigars, but sometimes I smoke one of our cigars, and I think, well, what if I change this binder? But what if I actually uh add different proportions here and change the wrapper and so sometimes you know it's it's about tweaking and tweaking and then you got a new thing you know yeah so it yeah really that's, depends huh? that's that's one of the great parts about it is there's there's so many different directions you can take into a project and and that's why we love hearing your style and other people's styles because everybody there are so many different people who can arrive 
at a really great conclusion uh, at the end of working on a project, but do it through some sometimes some different directions or some different um, creative processes. And it's it's just like music. We love to hear about that because it's similar to, you know, pers one person sitting down and, and writing a song and arranging a song versus another person. You know, they can be given the task, say, you know, make uh, make me a, a a bossa nova style song in the key of A flat, and uh, put this these particular aspects to it, and you'll get two products at the end, two songs that are similar in style but different in feel and approach, and it's really similar with cigars, and that's one of the things we love about it. Yeah, bossa nova in A flat. It's growth from Ipanema, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's well. That's why. That's that's why that song came to, or that that came to my head because we talked about that at the, uh, at the but, media uh, on that night. But I'll give an example. Like today, uh, I got some uh, some friends that came over uh, to the factory to to actually uh, blend a cigar, and I, I smoked one of their cigars that they make at a different manufacturer. I identified the. the uh, the tobaccos, they're, they're in it. And then that kind of immediately, uh, it was like a fraction of a second. I had this, I had an idea. I said, what if we tweak here? What if we add this and take, this is the cell I'm smoking right now. So I so said, what if we, uh, you know, we change a little bit and, and then just something new that I'm enjoying. By the way, I'm enjoying a lot. So it's it's all about, uh, I think it's, it, it's a connection with freedom as well uh, i try to imagine like how would be for me let's say to work for a big corporation and let's say tomorrow uh, i'm hired to blend for for a company or something and then i you know you have to come up with new things that that's kind of hard you know but i i force myself to uh to work under pressure as well you know, it's necessary sometimes. So, you know, yeah. to never lose, lose the uh, track of the fact that we are, uh, you know, there is a, this, this is an industry, there's a business, so sometimes you have to come up with, with things, you know, under pressure, and I'm fine with that. You know, we grow, we get stronger. So, yeah. It's one thing that you can never do. Mm -hmm. When I know you've. It's put out bad cigars. Yeah, yes. that's one thing. That's one thing you can't do. And yep. and yep. and we and we appreciate the fact that that you and and other really respected people don't waste time, and you don't waste our time as consumers putting out bad cigars because there are there are some times where you see uh, bad cigars hit the market just because there's a there's a quota to fill um unfortunately and that's something we haven't seen from you and and people of the same mindset that you have that it's quality has to be there otherwise there's no point yeah i think again it's this is not a criticism because i i always say i have great friends who work for uh you know very big uh tobacco companies great friends they're executives they're so I admire a lot the work they do, um, but I feel like uh, when when you are when you own like a cigar company when you are in that side, 
uh, I don't know. I, I try to imagine how uh, someone who always did things, I mean, made, made cigars out of passion, uh, have to just shift to a more like business driven, uh, you know, mindset. Like, yeah. you know, I have to, I have extra stockholders who are expecting this company to succeed and uh, have to sell as much as I can. So it's not just more about quality. I just have to have this, uh, you know, immense distribution and then I'm going to lower the quality because I need to produce more or, uh, you know, I have to fulfill certain demand that, uh, you know, the only way to achieve it is to use under-fermented tobacco or, you know, I, I got to be honest, I could never do that. Uh, that's maybe uh, why, and I think, uh, you know, I, I heard this from Skip Martin the other day, like, you know, I, I want to stay the size I am. I don't want to grow. I want to, uh, yeah. of course, we, we, we want to grow. We want to, uh, you know, fortunately, we've been able to produce tobacco, grow tobacco, being able to have our own. Tobacco. We, we do want to grow, but uh, I think there is a point where, when when that shift to just kind of business, and then you lose that passion, you lose that um, that drive. You know, I yeah. think uh, I'll, I'll, actually I, I left other industries because of that. Mm -hmm. to industry. But well, I, I, think I think it's a self fulfilling prophecy either way you go, because if you if you really focus on on the product and the quality and re regardless of, of, of sp speed and output and things like that, then the end product becomes something that you've, that you imagined it to be and that you, the, the end product ends up being the product that you desired in the first place. And that fuels desire and passion for more projects like that. Whereas if, you allow yourself to cut corners and sidestep quality and, and just worry about quantity over quality, then the, uh, the, the financial return may be a bit greater, mm -hmm. which then perpetuates itself into saying, well, let's just keep doing that because we made a lot of money on that. Pro it may not have been the best project, but we made an absolute ton of money off of it, so let's let's continue to do that. So either either way you go, I feel like it it's going to perpetuate itself. So and we we of course appreciate your uh, uh, viewpoint on it is to focus on quality and and uh, fulfilling a vision for a product, uh, regardless of uh, timeline or uh you know with without sacrificing quality and i mm -hmm. i want to i want to ask in your circle how many pallets do you trust how many how, what how many pallets how many people around you oh, have a pallet that you trust that's a great question i, I mean it depends what you define as as, as uh trusting like you if it's like validation, like, you know, I give my cigar to someone and he says like, 
oh, this is a good cigar, this is a bad cigar, or, or you know, I find notes here and he describes it. I have a lot of people that I trust. Um, I, I was lucky to have good mentors. I, I would say even like, uh, you know, people at our factory, you know, the supervisors, uh, some of our bunchers, I go to them all the time and they say, what do you think? You know, those guys, they smoke every day and, and they have, uh, they have very good palate as well as, as other cigar manufacturers, you know, how many times I would actually leave our effect with something I believe is good and then I just walk, just like they come to us too. I, I go to all these guys, you know, and say, what do you think? You know, I just yeah. spent, I just spent a weekend with a very good friend of mine who's a CR manufacturer. Uh, and I brought all our stuff, new stuff for him to try, you know? So. You wouldn't I, try Skip Martin though, would you? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yes, of course I, I, I trust him. I think uh, he's a, he's a, one of the greatest blenders. I mean, he has a, he has this signature, you know, in so many things. He does like spicy shit. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. But all, I, I actually, I, I like the, I love Garrett's question, and I, I love mm -hmm. the way you talked about it right away, Luciano, because you also don't just want to surround yourself with, uh, yes, men. You don't want to, you know, give out cigars to five or six people and say, try the cigar and let me know what you think, and have everybody come back to you and say, oh my gosh, it's great. When it, you, you want them to be honest with yeah. you. And because that's yeah. how you, that's, that's how we, uh, th th that's how we grow. That's how we improve is to get honest, Honestly. honest feedback because then, you, because you may taste one of your test blends and you, let's say you have a dozen cigars made up of a test blend and you try it and you, you like it, but there's something just not quite right on the money about it. And if you give it out to six or seven people, and they smoke that cigar and they come back to you and they all say, it's great. I wouldn't change a thing. But then there's one or two people that say it's it's good, but there's something I would tweak this little element or I would I would change a half leaf here or a half leaf there. That's, I think, important to a lot of people is having people who will not only give you positive feedback, but give you honest feedback so that you know if that can help you understand if you're on the right track yep and also uh i was thinking here you know i uh like pichardo how many times <laughs> he comes to me and say man this is this is terrible like <laughs> of mind, you know i said what are you saying man like no it's not gonna work uh but sometimes and i and i think i told you guys this like in the process of fiat lux i remember uh, that the final blend came out 10 minutes before my car was departing to the airport. Uh, and then I remember I had this insight of just kind of removing one of the tobaccos out of the blend. And then I came back and, I, and then uh, the driver said, hey, we're going to get late. There's a lot of traffic. And, and then I walk into the, uh, into the, into the factory and say, Hey, Roberto, uh, do this, do this, do this. But we got to do it in 10 minutes. I'm leaving, and I need to take at least two cigars with me. Um, and uh, because before, you know, we, we would blend something that we thought was, was fine, was perfect. And then one week later, that tobacco didn't behave the way we thought would behave. Or because of the humidity, it had a certain impression. And then after the cigar dry out, 
you know, it's a different impression. So I like, yeah, I definitely include like the charter list of the pilots I trust because, I mean, his his experience is amazing. Um, Ernie Carrillo, you know, another guy who has an amazing pilot is John Huber. Mm. But John has an amazing pilot, you know. Uh, I'm always impressed with uh, when when I send letters to him, he describes, you know. It's, it's awesome. As you can see, someone is calling me right now. Right? Uh, <laughs> It's my daughter who's outside. So talk talk about something. I'm gonna have to open the door. I'll be right back. No worries. No Go right ahead. <laughs> so yeah, skip skip's leaving a comment right now saying uh if Luciano and I both really like a blend, it's a winner. Our preferences are very different. I always give him hundred percent honest feedback, as he will tell you. And I I agree hundred percent. I know that's true. Skip I, skip yeah. doesn't mess around, he will give honest feedback. I know that he has mentioned skip has mentioned on other uh, podcasts that I've listened to him interviewed on where he has been given cigars by certain manufacturers, maybe people starting out early. Uh, and he came back to them right away saying, these aren't good. I, yep. I'm sorry. I, you know, that I don't know what to tell you. They're not good. And that's what I mean by, you know, uh, it's important to have people around you who are going to give you honest feedback instead of just yes, men who are going to say, yep, it's great make 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 a hundred thousand of them and put a band on it and ship them out yeah because we we do unfortunately we do see that we do um from you know sometimes where you see a cigar hit the market and you try it and it's not good and you think you always try it that's why when we review cigars we smoke at least three of them uh because you never know sometimes you just get one it's a handmade product sometimes you get one that's just got a problem it, yep. it's understandable yep but that's why honest feedback has to be there. So, and he's back. Oh, there you go. Oh, Skip is here. Yeah, Skip's here. He he just he just commented here. Okay, Lucian and I both read like a blend. It's a winner. Our preferences are very different. That's true. It's true. Yeah, he always gave me his honest feedback, and I give to him as well. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's also one of the great things is. You have, you have cigar makers with very different styles, and you know because you were you were right, Luciano. You said that that Skip's cigars have a sort of a signature to them, in a, as far as the flavor profile goes, and that yeah. is true. And and although there are variations, um, that's true from from Roma Craft cigars. It's true from Ace Prime cigars. It's true from. Um, uh, Fuente cigars. I Dunbarton, mean, uh, you can Dunbarton. Yeah. You can go all the way down the list, and uh, it's great to see the way the cigar market is today. And we've talked about this before too. The way the cigar market is today, there there are so many products that consumers have to choose from. That not only not only will sort of I don't know. I hate to use this term, but certain products will speak to people, you know, whether they smoke a number of cigar blends from one manufacturer and say, these blends taste and smell the way that I want my cigars to taste and smell. But it can also be part of the branding concept behind the, 
behind the cigars. You know, the look mm -hmm. of the the uh, the look of the packaging, the the vibe of the company, the way that they present themselves publicly. I just I dig the way they do business. I dig the way they interact with people. Yep. It can all play into it. Yeah. And that's why there's so many the consumers really have it good right now when it comes to premium cigars. Yes, people can always find uh cigars that aren't as good but if if people actually spend more than a few minutes in in a local brick and mortar cigar shop they are bound to find some really high quality cigars today absolutely, absolutely. guys let me just introduce you to some i don't know if you know him this is uh pete peter uh ross he's uh, from atl cigars spending hello with us here how's it going guys good to be with you yeah, how are you? It's nice to have you on the show. Yeah, we're doing great. We're a brand new brand. We're, we've only been out seven months. We're we're tiny uh, in about 50 stores in the Atlanta market. Um, but, you know, getting to work with guys like Luciano is, uh, is a dream come true. So um, we're having a lot of fun. And he's a as, as great a host as he is a blender. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Fantastic. I'll go, I'll go with the guys. <laughs> no, that's great. That's well, and you, yeah, you're in good hands with uh, Luciano, and man, how fun is that? You know, to uh, to be sought out, and because I'm sure. Uh, so let's talk about this. You get a guy that comes and you know approaches you about making a cigar. What kind of stuff do they need to have in order for you to say, okay, um, I think these guys you know, have something and uh, yeah, we'll do a cigar. Yeah. Above and beyond well, somebody I'm just showing up with a, somebody just showing up with a check. What do you, what do you want to see and hear from them yep. to get involved with their project? So I'll, I'll tell you a, a funny story because Kip Martin is, uh, is watching too. So <laughs> I get this, I get this call uh, from a guy uh, from actually Pete and he says, Hey, I, uh, we are thinking about doing another line. They make cigars. They make the cigar with Arganosa and a couple other manufacturers. And he said, "I would like to make cigars with you guys." And I talked to Skip. Skip told me uh, was willing to introduce me. And um, I and I told I told them, like, "Man, we are we are not getting any new clients." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, uh, because of the you know. As you guys know, as you guys know, the the, the situation is it's much different than five years ago. So we uh, we we actually passing clients to other manufacturers, and um, but then it, the coincidence is that like Skip mentioned something about it, like you know, a couple of days before. But he was actually talking about a different guy. It was not actually this guy from ATL. So, and then I thought that Skip was recommending them, uh, and uh, anyways, we ended up meeting, and I, you know, and I just love these guys and what they're doing in, in, in Atlanta, uh, and we just connected. And, and again, this industry is—it's uh, about uh, real relationships. I believe that real relationship makes makes make the difference. So we basically, you know, decided to squeeze in and say, you know, let's do this. And uh, and we're I'm very happy that we we, we made the decision. So it was a divine coincidence. Yeah. So I want to ask you a little bit 
about um, different varieties of uh, tobacco. Let's say let's say regions, growing regions of of tobacco, and obviously there's so many factors that go into it. Um, from the growing region to the seed varietal to the priming and and a dozen others I'm probably not mentioning right now. But have you, how many times have you picked out a certain type of leaf and tried to work it into a blend, whether it was a filler leaf, a binder, a wrapper, whatever it is, how many times have you picked out a certain variety of tobacco in in thoughts that you were going to work it into a blend and it just never has worked properly for what you wanted to achieve. And, and so that's a leaf that you just have never put into a final product or, or have you pretty much conquered them all, conquered them all. (laughs) Yeah. Conquered them all. I think, Well, if a tobacco is being grown here, uh, it has already been tested. So it's it's very rare to find a situation where you you get a tobacco that doesn't work with anything, unless if you're really trying to experiment something. And and we are, we did that in the past. Like we tried different seeds here and the stuff that didn't work at all. Uh, But I I had a situation actually uh, kind of recent where, I bought some wrappers uh, that were grown uh, in Jalapa uh, from uh, what was basically Connecticut broadly grown in Jalapa. And uh, guys, I'm sorry, I'm gonna interrupt just to say hi to no, some. Go ahead. Hold on a second. Hey man. So hi. So <laughs> no, it's all right. I've never, I've never conquered any leaves. You've never conquered any leaves. I haven't. No, that's all right. Sorry, oh, I'm back. I'm back. So, uh, yeah, so we have a situation where we have this, this rappers, uh, this rapper from, uh, from Jalapa. It was kind of weird, but uh, a guy brought to us. So I ended up kind of buying it before trying it. And, uh, and, uh, and I thought that we're never going to be used, be able to use that tobacco anymore. But then, you know, a few, uh, a few, uh, Two months later, a little more than we were tobacco. But I never had this situation where, like, I I got a tobacco that I say, oh, this is impossible to use, um, because we, you know, usually if you want to outsource something, we know it's tobacco has already been proven. Uh, but I do like to try different things, and and we tried in the past, and, and it takes a long time for you to figure out that if if it works or not, because sometimes you have to. Uh, like Picharo does that a lot, so he's he's the master of, of coming out with new uh, varietals and, and stuff. So he he would plant something in Ecuador, and then we have to wait a whole year to get the tobacco, and then we have to ferment for another year, and then we can see if it works or not. So, <laughs> so it's a long uh, it's a long journey, you know, to find out if the tobacco is good or not. So yeah, no, I was just going to ask, how often do you hear about you know, is there ever a buzz about a new varietal of tobacco in a specific region? Uh, it's, it's been a while. Uh, you don't hear much uh, of, uh, you know, new things. 
uh, on the agricultural uh, world, what we always try to do is get the best yield and, and try to find uh, seeds that are more resistant without modifying flavor, resistant to diseases that, you know, without modifying flavor. So sometimes you see a lot of uh, uh, hybrids coming out, uh, but they have like, you know, science is, is so advanced today that you, you know, you, you can actually come up with a new, a new seed that has like 90% of the characteristics you're looking for and, and, and has, uh, you know, maybe 10% of another thing that together they, they are something special. Like, I'll give an example, like the Pichardo, uh, the Pichardo uh, Connecticut is actually a hybrid Connecticut. It's something that Pichardo invented. It's not like a, a regular uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut. It's a, it's a Connecticut grown in Ecuador that was uh, crossed with, I don't know how many times, uh, with Avano, with HPN09, and then uh, again with Connecticut again, again from Connecticut again, and then if you look at the, at the, uh, you know the genetic uh, spectrum of of that tobacco, you see that it's almost like eighty percent Connecticut, twenty percent Avano. So you oh, create wow. you create like a, a leaf that is a little more resistant than the Connecticut, and also a leaf that is uh, has less acidity, so you can now blend you know, stronger blends with Connecticut. So that was uh, quite, uh, you know, still somehow underrated because not everybody knows about this, but uh, but I think it was quite disruptive, you know, like yeah. the blend in my, this is of course a personal opinion bias, but I think the, the Charter Connecticut is, is quite an interesting uh, blend where you don't have a mild cigar, you have a medium, I would say almost like medium full, and then it's wrapped in the Connecticut wrapper, uh, which is not common to see, you know. So uh, I, I am extremely, extremely fascinated by this kind of stuff. Yeah, so you never hear about, like, um, you know, the new Alabama <laughs> broadleaf or the, uh, you know, Chinese. So I'm like, that's probably reading what I'm reading, so it's, a, it's, it's so funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. Yeah. So I actually I have a I have a question. Have you ever sampled or thought about using any um, barrel aged tobacco leaves? You know, you hear a lot about you know to certain. Sometimes people will take leaves and age them in cognac barrels or bourbon barrels. That kind of. Thing. Have you ever sampled any leaves like that and tried to use them in a blend? Uh, is it something you're interested in? Um, you guys are asking a lot of tough questions tonight. <laughs> Hard hitting so journalism. How, how can I? How can I answer this? Oh. Um, so I would say that uh, my answer is: <laughs> I think I think there is a there is a demand for that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's more about the pre-lighting than anything else. So uh, if you want to be a little more technical, when there's a combustion happening, all the flavor doesn't exist. They go away. Okay, so if you, if you age a tobacco leaf 
in a, in a bourbon barrel, whiskey barrel, whatever it is, uh, that tobacco will, sm will smell like the barrel, like the, the, the drink that was there. And that can be very pleasant. It's part of the experience. So I respect that. Okay. Uh, but I, I never I never found interesting to do because, uh, you know, I, I don't think it makes a lot of difference when it comes to the final result. In fact, uh, it's very unfortunate, but most of this called uh, barrel-aged tobaccos, they are infused with those products like with bourbon, with whiskey. So they spray with whiskey, spray with bourbon. Everybody that's this in this industry, if they watch this, they know what I'm saying. So when that's done, you apply alcohol to the leaf, uh, you are uh, creating uh, a reaction, a chemical reaction with the, the, uh, the yeasts and, and everything that the matter. So, and the result of putting much alcohol into a leaf is that you start losing the oils. So you lose viscosity, you lose, uh, so you basically are, uh, you interrupt that kind of fermentation. So, okay. uh, yeah, you know, I tried to answer the best way I could without being uh, unpolite, you know, but I, I personally would not do it, you know. Okay. I, I, don't, I, I don't like the idea, but I, I respect the idea because Again, we we make cigars for people, yeah. Right, and 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 some people like that experience of opening a box and smelling like a rum or, or a bourbon or something that they like. So, you know, uh, I that's my answer. Um, no, that's that's a great answer. Um, I wanted to also ask you about because we've talked recently very little about uh because we checked in with you a little bit about this at uh one of the trade shows and we've heard you talk to some other people about this and it's it's uh something that's you know near and dear to us is the people who work in the cigar industry sometimes the people who are maybe the forgotten members of the cigar industry uh, specifically the people who work on the tobacco farms uh, mm -hmm. And you've, you've talked a lot recently about um, something that's near and dear to your heart, which is trying to be a, a catalyst to help improve the lives of people who work on, on tobacco farms. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that, uh, why you're passionate about it, and, and what kind of momentum you've seen uh, and, and been able to muster uh over the last few months i um i think uh the question is the question should be so why people are not paying attention to this it's not about like what what makes you pay attention to it like as if uh you know this this is an exception i think the exception should be the rule right i think everybody should should pay attention to it uh, I can say that the fact that when I started in this industry, uh, I was not uh, economically dependent on this industry to survive. That gave me a different perspective. 
uh, I think that kind of help. And I, that's why I'm trying to be fair here because I understand people who get into this business because they need to succeed in the business to make their living, right? Uh, for me, when we started in Nicaragua, uh, we were like two tables in a garage, you know? And yeah. it was all about the people. It was all about, you know, trying to improve the lives of the people and, and create jobs. And um, then later we realized that by becoming a for-profit business, we could generate more jobs and, and, uh, and really create a, a more sustainable way of, of supporting, helping communities and doing something that we love, you know? So I think it was extremely organic. Uh, so that, that would be the, that, that would be my, my, my short answer. And I think uh, inspiration comes from action. And if you can, uh, if, if, if we can somehow inspire uh, more people to pay attention to what really matters and, uh, and, and you know, it's a, it, it's a blessing. And I think that's, that has been happening here, you know. I, I like to say uh, th th there are lots of, of good guys here, you know. It's not like, you know, it's just us uh, doing what we're supposed to do. There's, there's a lot of people who does great things here, you know. I know a lot of even, like, big manufacturers who really take care of their people, who are yeah. really concerned about, uh, about their employees. And, you know, unfortunately, we do have bad guys, too. And uh, just try to focus on the on the good guys, you know, and, and, and if we can inspire the, the, you know, other people to do the right thing, you know, that's that's the whole, whole intention, the whole idea. Yeah. And it's Love important it. to, you know, like, like you mentioned and uh, Carlito Fuente when he was on the show and he said this, this is kind of his motto is that it's not about the cigars, it's about the people. And there are mm -hmm. so many people who feel that way. You feel that way. And it's, there's, and, and mm -hmm. gradually if, if each of us can bring a little more attention to the, the people who really are at the, at the heart of this, you know, yeah. the people who work, the people who work in the fields and the people who work in the factories and, and just finding the uh finding the moments that we can share their stories even robert holt with southern draw cigars in the 300 hands project just you know talking about all the different hands that touch the product and create the product and putting cards with their names and their mm -hmm. stories you know these people um if if we can continue to give momentum to helping our consumers learn more about everybody that goes into these products not just the people who blend not just the people who sell but the people who actually uh cultivate the farms and the people who uh the people who sort the leaves and everywhere in between all the way through the process i think it's important and i i appreciate you the part that you play in it mm -hmm. along with so many other people to tell those stories i think it's important yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. You mentioned like Carlito. I think he does a great job. You know, like he's a good example of uh, of a guy who cares about uh, about people. I, I've seen uh, what he has done with his foundation and the schools that he's been creating with the Newmans uh, down there in Dominican. So you know, it's not just about. I, I hear a lot that phrase. You know, oh, we, we 
we need to give back, you know, it's giving back. Uh, I mean, like really, you know, if you, if you, uh, if you make, uh, you know, uh, $50 million, $100 million a year, I mean, you're giving too little back. Uh, it, it's actually about uh, the inspiration. It's about systemically change mindsets. Uh, there is, a, there is this, this culture for, that exists for a long time, uh, not just in Dominican, but here in Nicaragua, some other places where uh, people are really treated as second-class people. You know, yeah. like you'll, never, you'll never ascend, you'll never be able to grow, you'll never, so, you know, let, let's exploit as much as we can uh, and, and take advantage of, of, of the systemic poverty in these countries, you know, for the cheap labor and, and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've learned, uh, I've learned a lesson. You guys heard the story before, but I learned my lesson when I, when I was confronted with some of our employees who, uh, are, you know, they're, they're so proud of what they do. Like it's, it's their entire life, you know, yeah. they, uh, it's not about, it's not because, uh, sometimes it is, you know, because they, they don't have opportunities and stuff. But some of them, like, they, they, they dream of becoming a buncher or a roller when they are, like, 15, 16 years old. And then when, when they, they become 18, they, they can't work. They, wanna, they are proud of following their, their father's steps uh, or their mother's steps. Yeah. Into the so I think that my mindset needs, needs to change, you know, that this, this idea that uh, that, you know, uh, the cigar industry exists in this country because it's because of cheap labor, because, you know, uh, they want to just uh, explore uh, the, the, the situation of these countries. I think um, uh, the more people are aware of the reality, the better. And sometimes it's hard because, you you know, you have to hear some very unpleasant truths, you know. Yeah. Uh, about this reality. When you're confronted with, with the poverty, I remember, you know, for the first time going to some of our employees' houses. And there was absolutely nothing, you know, there's no floor, they, they would live in there, they didn't have beds, some of them they were living uh, in, sh in basically shacks. Uh, it's rewarding to see them, you know, changing that, uh, the course of their lives and improving the way they live and, and being able to offer, uh, you know, more comfort to their family. Um, but you know, you gotta have some stomach, man. You know, things that we have to see here are, are heartbreaking. Yeah. And some people, some people don't have that. Some people just choose to uh, stay in Miami. Yeah. Well, we appreciate what you do for it, and and we will will continue to uh, learn as much as we can from you about that. Um, we know that you uh, uh, are a little bit short on your timeline, so we would like to move into this week's. Numero de los muertos. <laughs> there it is. All right. And as always, Numero de los muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In.
right. Numero de los Muertos, episode 123. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? Well, I'm first wondering if Dr. Dre does the beats for Abe. <laughs> I don't think they can afford him, but oh, they're pretty, they're pretty, they're that's, pretty sweet. That's a solid beat. Um, all right. This week I've got a number, and it is a 18-year average uh, multi-university study that found between 2000, uh, excuse me, between 1990 and 2008, 144 people died in the U.S. from this. So it it's roughly eight people a year. Okay. Between 2000 and 2008, yep. In the U.S., yep. 144 people died from this. Yep. Hmm. Right. As always, viewers, <laughs> uh, put your com or put your guesses in the comments. Luciano, Luciano, and I are going to play 20 questions with Garrett to try to figure this out. Um, all right. Uh, it, it is. Uh, is it a um, disease? No. No, it's not. Is it uh, workplace accidents? No. Uh, is it, are vehicles involved? Is it transportation related? It is not. It doesn't involve falling. I love Chad. Yes. I love it. Is it pogo sticks? <laughs> That's a great guess. It is a great guess. But no. um, I don't think the CDC carries that. Uh, death by hats. Death by hats. No, no cue. It's not death by hats. Um, toothbrush that's still one i need to do yeah, I, that, that i never heard jealous husbands no oh, that's, that's a good one that is a good one it is that's not, a good one uh, uh it is not a medical condition um uh would that be uh is like a random thing of course it is only eight a year but um to another it's, question it's not anything on the farm uh q no just no uh not skinny dipping running with scissors oh that would be so good i gotta look that up too is it self-inflicted uh, self it is self-inflicted oh it is self-inflicted uh exercise no it's you're getting close. Ooh, okay. You're, starting, you're getting close with the exercise comment. Okay. No. Just by walking. Ooh, no. Um, bicycling. No. Oh, you said vehicles. By, by, by getting choked in their own saliva while walking. Ooh. <laughs> That's a reach. Yeah, that's a reach. That's, nope. Yep. Yeah, no, um, no, not treadmills. Hot yoga. Not hot yoga. Um, cold yoga. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it. Q. You should probably just like go to bed. Q. Play in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So if it's related to exercise, not sauna. <laughs> malfunctioning CPAP. I love it. Uh, is it uh, lifting weights? It is. It is lifting weights. Is oh, it? yeah. All right. So Andrew here, 
the studio guesses lifting weights. And that mm -hmm. is the correct answer. Mm. So, yeah. so eight people a year between the CDC had stats, eight people a year between. So this wasn't a CDC stat. Oh, okay. It was a uh, universe, two universities got together and did this deep dive. Guys, yeah. my daughter, she, she would hate that I did this. Oh, oh she's embarrassed. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, hey, Skip, look, look, look at that shirt she's wearing. Uh, what is that? Yeah. Is that a weasel t-shirt? Yeah. Oh, nice. Weasel that is awesome. Weaselita. I love it. That's fantastic. So uh, that, that, that was, was interesting. Lift, lifting weight. Only I, I would say I would thought that more people die of it of it. I, I was actually surprised too. Um when I started looking into it. CDC didn't have anything conclusive. Uh, but these two universities that got together and uh, published in 2008 found, yeah, 144 people in that time frame. Yeah, don't lift without a spotter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a number one. So that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. And we, so we have to, Luciano, we have to keep you briefly for this next segment because this next segment is our Notable Smokables segment. And Notable Smokables, as always, are brought to you by Ace Prime Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So each week we name a cigar that was notable to us. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for many years that we just smoked again for the first time in a very long time. Or it could be something that's brand new that we just tried for the first time. So, Luciano, did you smoke something recently that was notable to you that uh, could be old or new? Um, I, I've always been disappointed with Cuban cigars uh, for the past, uh, you know, five years. But I was in Germany last week, and my good friend, Sally Dalai, which is our distributor in Germany, gave me this amazing, amazing Monte Cristo number four uh, that I smoked, of course, was old, and it was impressively good. Nice. Those, yeah, the, the money number, that's the Corona, isn't it? The roughly Corona size? Four by 42 or five by 42? Yes. It's the, it's the petite Corona size. Yeah. 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 It's a, that's, that's a great, great size when they, when they turn out good. And yeah. I'm, glad, oh, I'm well, glad you got a good one. Well, here, here comes Skip screaming again. So the Cubans are saying, but listen, again, I mean, Sally gave me a bunch of cigars and, you know, bastard. He should have thanked me that I got <laughs> no, but, no, but, but actually, uh, we both agree. We both agree that the cigars were bad. So all of them, all, all the cigars that I smoked this weekend that I brought from Germany, the Cuban cigars, they were terrible. Like unsmoked, we cannot finish the cigar. Under fermented, bad construction. Wow. Uh, it's very unfortunate, you know, because the yeah. tobacco is amazing. I'll tell you a story real quick. So I was uh, in this blind tasting with Sally and a couple of the guys from his uh, distribution there from his store, and uh, and then this the blind tasting. So I, I they hand me out the cigar. The first thing I see is that kind of Cuban look, right? Poor construction, under fermented wrapper. 
you know, green spots everywhere. Green spots, yeah. And uh, and then make it a short. At the end, you know, you have to say like what you think of the cigar. What would you say? What would you say to the audience? And my my response was, I think that your clients should buy tons of this a box of the cigars and keep them in a humidor for 10 years because 10 years from now they're going to be great <laughs> right that was, that was my answer because the cigars they're so under fermented dude that means yeah. you smell the ammonia from far yeah, yeah once once they're rolled once <laughs> once they're rolled you can't re-ferment the tobacco that's that's rolled into those cigars that's it so, yeah, it takes, it takes some time to ferment. So. They might mellow out a little bit over time, but they're still going to have that kind of acrid. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your notable this week, Garrett? Uh, my no I hadn't had a uh, Corto by Warped in quite some time. Okay. And the other day I had one, and it, it was fantastic. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I haven't had a I – have, I don't think I've had a Warped cigar in a long time, actually. Yeah, it was a long time since uh, my My warp or my Warped – my notable smokable this week, I actually – it was my first cigar of the morning today, and it was the, the Liga Pravada H99, uh, which I just gave one to Andrew here, and he popped – he just took off the band. So, yeah, the Liga Pravada H99. Uh, very nice cigar. Just smoked it this morning. Um, and that was this week's Notable Smokables brought to us by Ace Prime. Improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. Uh, so just to real quick give our viewers and listeners an idea of some cool stuff we have coming up. Uh, on August 30th, we have Bobby Newman from J.C. Newman Cigar Company. And coming up on September 13th, we have Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars. So stay tuned for that. Um Luciano, thank you so much for Pleasure being our guest on uh, episode 123. We thank you so much for being back on the show again, and we look forward to uh, seeing you again someday very soon. It's always a pleasure. Conversations. Yeah, and we, uh, we're going to let you get to your guests. We thank you so much for being with us. Enjoy your evening. And uh, for all our viewers and listeners, as always, guys, we are grateful to you for watching How About That Cigar. Thank you for listening to How About That Cigar. Uh, if you have questions for us, email us on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. Cool.